Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision, so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. We are going to be in week three today, and we've been talking about how to deal with difficult people in this series. And... Um, as we've been going through it, we talked in week one. We talked about the people, the difficult people who were on their phone. They always had a device in their face. And how do we deal with those difficult people that are always distracted? We've, we talked about last week uh, critical people, the toxic words that were coming our way. How do we practically handle that in our lives? And we said, hey, some of it you need to listen to. Some of it you might need to provide an answer. And some of you, quite honestly, you just need to dismiss and work through that today. Um, we have been looking at, Jesus said, you can't just like dismiss people though. We can dismiss the criticism, but we got to deal with the people. He said this in Matthew chapter five. He said, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That would be awesome. Like just get rid of them. I, I don't want anything to do with them. But he says, no, 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 no. That's not how I work. He says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So today we're going to talk about hypocritical people. How do you deal with the hypocritical people in your life? We talked about being um, done with the snow. I remember in high school, we had a snow day one day, and I was, it, we were all excited. I had a buddy of mine said, hey, everybody come over. We're, we're, we weren't smart, and we're from Missouri in the Midwest on a farm town, okay? So he's like, I got a Ford Bronco, and the hood is not attached to the Ford Bronco, but I got a big rope. So let's, let's take the rope, let's tie it to the bumper of the Ford Bronco, uh, the hood, and let's go sledding. Because in the back of my house, we got this giant field. There's nothing there. It's just open space in this field. Let's go sledding. So we did, and we had a blast. Only to come to find out, we're like, hey, we didn't, we didn't know that you were a farmer. We didn't know you had a field. They're like, oh, no, 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 we rent the house. And the field is, is, is not ours, it's somebody else's, but it's the renter and it's no big deal. Fast forward to the next day. And uh, the girl who I had just started to, to date, she's all upset. And I, I said, what's, what's, what's wrong? You know, trying to be the nice guy. What's, what's going on? She says, well, my, my dad, he owns this farm. And he, um, he rents it out. And these high school guys um, just destroyed my dad's work. He, he had planned it. He had worked hard to get the field ready in the winter and in the fall so it could be ready for the springtime to plant. And now thousands of dollars is wasted. A ton of time was just destroyed in this, and it really affected her family. So I did. I wasn't proud of this, but um, I uh, put on the innocent Mike uh, face, and I, I didn't say a word. I, 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 I just let it go. I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's a, a terrible thing. Hypocritical people. How do we deal with the, the hypocrites in our lives. I mean, the, uh, I, I joke around, like, I, I, with our boys, we might have leftovers in the fridge. Who ate the leftovers? And if they weren't such picky eaters, I could blame it on them all the time. Like, I, I guess one of them ate it. I don't know. We, 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 we want to hide behind the mask. Um, how many of you know, would say, you know a hypocritical person? Raise your hand, say, yeah, I know a hypocritical. How many of you are sitting next to that person, right? Don't, don't, 
No, that's not nice. Those are bad pastor jokes, and it only encourages more of that behavior. Uh, Jesus, nothing, nothing got Jesus more riled up than hypocrites. When you read through Scripture, I mean, he, just, he would just go after these guys. There's, we're going to look at several passages today, but one of them is in Matthew chapter 23, where he kind of goes off and says kind of seven times where he calls them hypocrites. He says, hypocrites! You shut the door on the kingdom of heaven in people's faces and you won't go in yourselves and you don't let others in either. Um, what he's talking to, he's talking to the leaders of the church, the Pharisees, the, the ones who were the teachers. And he was going off on them, the leaders saying, you are putting on all these man-made rules. And why he would get so fired up about it is because not only he's like, you're not making it in, but the other people whom I love you're, you're not allowing them to come in either. And God loves people. And those are his children. If you're going to block other people from a relationship with him, he was going to be in their face. That word hypocrites in the Greek is, uh, comes from the word hupokrates. Uh, and it, it really meant like it, it was an actor in a Greek play, uh, a stage player, one who hides behind a mask. And so like our kids, they love it. On Halloween, what, they get the mask and then they're Iron Man, they're Superman. But adults, we put on the mask, a lot of us, every single day. And you might have met some of them. You might have been one on the, on the way to, to church today. You know how it is. It's happy face that we put on. And it's like, hey, we go to church. Hey, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, praise Jesus. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. But then on their way to work or on the way to church, it was, get in the car. You're making us late. To the, somebody's going to die today because we are going to church. You know, it's just, you're, you're going at it. And then Maybe it's not the happy or innocent face that you put on. Maybe it's, it's the, the angry hypocrite. I don't drink, and I don't chew, and I don't cuss, and I don't run with girls who do. You know, meanwhile, at work, they're, cuss up a, they're cussing up a storm. They got addictions that they don't say anything about. When they're driving on the, on the, on the freeway, you pass by them, and then they got, you know, they're like, peel the banana to everyone. And then, and then they have the, the church logo sticker um, on the back when they fly by, which, by the way, we will never have church bumper stickers. I, I know how some of you drive. I may know how I drive. We are not going to have bumper stickers. But we put on the mask, and, and Jesus was not okay with that. He was especially, especially mad at the leaders. I'm, I'm Mr. Church leader. I'm Mrs. Church leader. I'm the teen uh, leader in, in the youth group. And everything's great and everything's fine. You know, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. But we're not even talking to one another. We have a dead marriage. I got addictions, and we look like everything is fine. And Jesus would say, hypocrites, hypocrites. What do we do with the hypocrites in our life? Let's define hypocrisy so we can all kind of have a foundation. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. It's the gap between what we say and how we actually live out our lives. And today, we're talking about how do we deal with the hypocrites in our 
lives. And it's important to ask the question if you know someone who's a hypocrite um, or who has some hypocritical tendencies or behaviors, ask the question, why are they acting like that? Because why they are acting like that's going to really help guide us on our response. One is maybe, maybe they're acting like that because they don't really know God. Maybe they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Scripture says in 1 John 2, 4, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. In that case, they're not hypocrites. They, they, may, they may say that they, they know him. A lot of people would say or wear a cross or just because you go to church. That doesn't mean that you know God. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I am thankful that you are here. And this is one area where Christians have really screwed this up. Because we put on um, a standard on people who are not Christians. And I'm all for truth, but non-Christians don't give a rip about the Bible. And so we'll say, well, you got to act like this, and you got to do this, and you're such a hypocrite. And they're like, whoa, 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 I've never, I'm not even trying to achieve to that standard. Those are not, those are not hypocrites. They don't even know, know God. So in that, in that case, we're, we're going to love on them. We're going to share the love of Christ, not condemn. If, if you read John 3, 16, one of the most popular verses in the Bible, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish and, ha- and have everlasting life. But one of the, other, the next verse right after that is so huge. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn it. I didn't come to look at nonbelievers and condemn them. I came to save them. Okay, Jesus will come and judge one day. But he, he came to save first. And for Christians today... I don't think our job is to to come in and judge and condemn. It is to point people to a Savior. Judgment will come later, okay? And I think Christians um, screw that up a lot, and it pushes people away. You don't have to believe what we believe at Freedom Church to belong here. You are welcome here, okay? And I just trust that as we go through and we read through Scripture, you're going to say, hey, you know what? I actually kind of like what Jesus said. I may not like what the Christians do and how they act, but I actually want that. I want that in my life. I want those things in my life. I think you'll see that. The second thing is maybe, maybe they just don't know better yet. Hey, when you were a f- first a Christian, when you just gave your life to Christ, did you know everything there was about Scripture? Did you know everything there was about morality and how God wanted to live? Do you know that now? I'm a pastor and I don't, all right? I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Maybe they don't know any better yet. And in that case, they don't need correcting. They just need some loving instruction, someone to help guide them along the way. That's not hypocritical. Why are they acting like that? Or in some cases where we're kind of anchoring today, maybe they don't know any better or maybe they do know better. I'm sorry, maybe they do know better and yet they still choose to disobey God. And that's why asking the question, why are they acting like this, will help determine in what they do. There's a scripture in the the first chapter of John that describes Jesus' character. And it's one of my favorite verses in scripture because I think it can guide us in so many ways on how we interact with people, on how we can approach conflict in our lives, and and especially how we can approach the hypocrites that we face in our lives. It says, the word became flesh. That's Jesus. The first verse in John says, in the beginning was the word. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God, capital G. All right, other religions, they will try to diminish that. You look at Jehovah Witnesses, and they will actually lowercase that G. The Word was a God. Anyone that tries to diminish the, the, the deity of Jesus, we don't follow that. Okay, Jesus is supreme. He is, he is God, like big G God. And it says, God, the Word, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's John's birth story. He, we don't get the, the baby in the manger. We just get that right there. And he says, we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, and say this next phrase with me, full of grace and truth. Two almost opposing um, uh, ideas here. But these are characteristics of Jesus. It wasn't 50-50, 50 grace, 50 truth. No, full of 100% grace, 100% truth. And you see this, how Jesus lived this out in his life. If you know the story of the, of the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. And they actually said they dragged her out, like in the middle of the, the, the act, in the middle of the scene. They drag her in front of the, the Pharisees, the leaders of the church. And they're like, hey, Scripture says stone her. She was committing adultery. She's probably naked right there in front of them. They're saying, kill her. What are you going to do, Jesus? Trying to set a trap for him. Grace or truth? Grace or truth? Because if you go one way or the other, we got you. And if you read that, he, he bends down, and we don't know what he writes, but he writes something in the ground. And he says, whoever has the first sin, or ha whoever has no sin, cast the first stone. Go ahead. Go ahead. And he put the trap back on them. And they dropped the stones. They walked away. He looks at the woman and says, where's, where's, those who's, where's your accusers? He said, they're gone. He says, neither do I condemn you either. Grace. I don't condemn you either. But then, a little bit of truth. He says, hey, let me help you up. Let me help you out. Go and sin no more. Like, let me give you some truth. There's a, there's a better way to life than what you're living. I love you. I don't condemn you. But there's something better for you. Truth and grace. Truth and grace. It's how Jesus lived out his life. So when we confront the hypocrites in our lives, first, we're going to confront with truth. They can go in any order here. But one of the principles is confronting with truth. Think of the most hypocritical person that you know. Because we can laugh about this, but if we think about the hypocrites in our lives, someone who has hurt us, someone who knew better, maybe they abused us, and they, they took something from us and damaged us and caused us to lose faith or lose, lose trust. They betrayed us and disappointed us. This is no funny issue whatsoever. And Jesus had zero tolerance zero tolerance for hypocrisy. It really got him fired up. He, he, in any situation, this is where he, you see things in scripture like, Jesus, are you sure you want to say that, Jesus? Like, are you sure you want to? And he's like, no, I'm going to say it seven times in, in Matthew 23. Make sure you write this one down. I want people to know this. He said at the beginning of chapter 23, he's talking to his disciples and he would call out the show. He said, so practice and obey whatever they tell you. He's like, hey, they talk a good talk. But don't follow their example. They don't walk the walk. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands. Religion. Jesus is like, I'm about relationship, not a to-do list. He says, and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for what? Show. He would call out the show in them. 
And then when we confront with truth, he would go directly to them. Now, in this passage specifically, it says he's, he's talking to his disciples. Um, I imagine there's probably some guys that are there too, but you see throughout Scripture where he is calling out their hypocrisy face to face, and he would do that for us too. Matthew chapter 18, I'm skipping here. Matthew chapter 18 gives us a good guide on how to go directly to people. Like, what's the order? What's the process to confront people? He says this, if another believer sins against you, Go privately and point out the offense. Let them know, hey, this is how you hurt me. This, this stung a little bit. This is where I, what's going on. He says, go privately, point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses, then you've won the person back. Hey, way to go. Fantastic. But he says, go privately. So in the Greek, this does not mean air it out on Twitter. Just hash it out on Facebook or send a text message, or call them on the phone, or how about an email? That would be great. No. He says, go to the person. Don't air your grievances out in a, in a non-public matter. I realize there probably are some cases where we can only do, like we're long distance and it's got to happen and we've got to have the conversation. But you've got to understand what he is saying. If you've got to really have a conversation with someone... Don't air it out in public. Christians, we embarrass ourselves so much and we do more damage to the name of Jesus through Facebook comments. He says, go pri- you got an issue? Go privately to that person. Talk to them. That's going to be your best opportunity for what's next. The goal in this, the goal in truth is not to be right. You can be right and wrong at the same time. Did you know that? You could be, oh, the, the Pharisees were right. They had it all lined up by the book, but what? They had it all wrong in their approach. Your goal is not to be right. Your goal is to help lead them and guide them to be right with God. And we talked about this in week one. Galatians chapter 6 Verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer, again, we're talking about believers here, people who are, have a religious relationship with Jesus Christ, but they've wandered off. He says, If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person return back to the right path. Humbly, gently restoring people back into a right relationship with Jesus. There's a metaphor that's used in Scripture a lot to describe uh, people. It's called sheep. So you're like a sheep. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are prone to wonder. And our spiritual enemy, he knows that. Hey, hey, sheep, sheep, over here. Come on, right over here. Get over here. Let's go. Let's go this way. This, this way will be fun. Come on, come, 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 come. Oh, shiny object, yeah. There we go. We'll go all over here and we wonder and we wonder and we wonder. Scripture says to lovingly, humbly, gently restore that person back. A lot of Christians 
see a sheep that's wondering. And we're like, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a wolf in sheep's clothing. We're quick to judge. We're quick to, to label and characterize and push out and cast out. When the, I think the picture is like, hey, bud, hey, hey, back over here. Come on. Sheep, sheep, this way. To guide them, correct them, not judge them and condemn them, but to get them back on the right path. Because what? I'm a sheep. In one day, not intentionally, I just may get off track and I may wander. And I don't want to be cast out of the flock. I want somebody from the flock to say, hey, back over here, bud. Back over here. It's all right. Come on. Let's go. Your goal is not to be right. It's to get them in a right relationship with God, to guide them, to be a guide, to help them, to shepherd them. And in some cases, the truth might come down to you might need to redefine the relationship. This is not a fun part to talk about, but this is actually a loving thing to do. Back in Matthew 18, he says, if the person still refuses to listen, in this case, you've gone to them privately, didn't change anything. Maybe then, he says, maybe you up it a little bit. Take somebody else who knows them, who can lovingly and caringly, gently um, talk to this person. Maybe you and one other person or something like that. Take a couple people. Have this conversation. If they still don't want to listen after that, he says, take it to the church. Maybe you take it to your connect group. Maybe you take it to the leadership in the church. But like, let's, let's try to lovingly re- restore this person in this way. He says, if they won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. And that's, we don't really quite understand that. But he's basically saying that, that you got to just re- redefine the relationship. Don't dismiss the person. Never dismiss the person. But it's like, hey, if you're going to keep lying, if you're going to keep burning people, if you're going to keep going in this direction and hurting other people, I love you, but we can't sit and have lunch together and act like everything's okay. Like we've been through that cycle way too many times. And so I got to set some boundaries, all right? I love you. I know you're addicted to this stuff. I know you keep going. And anytime you want to, Get help, and anytime you're genuine about it, hey, grace is coming. Like, grace is there. There's always a door. But if you're going to continually lie to my face, hurt me, wound me, wound us, we're going to have to set some boundaries. And I'm not going to walk that path with you. If you're going to continue to wonder and intentionally wander away, I can't go with you down that path. When you want to come around, I will be there with wide open arms. And this leads to the next thing. Confronting with grace. Because Jesus would confront full of truth, but he would confront full of grace. He had zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. Watch this. He would say, hey, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you're so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You are a blind Pharisee. He's like, this stuff is coming from the heart. Hey, guess what? You act one way at church. But at work, you're a totally different person. At work, you're a flirt. Hypocrite. He would, he would say, hey, You talk a good game about money. Oh, I don't need money. 
Oh, the, you know, I, 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 I'm not subject to all this material stuff and, and different things. But then when it comes to our finances, it's more like we're Ariana Grande. Have you heard that song? I like it. I saw it or I like it. I want it. I like it or I want it. I got it. I want it. I got it. I saw it. I like it. I want it. I got it. And that's how we, we live to please ourselves in the stuff that we do. And I'll be honest, in my 10 years of ministry, you get some behind-the-scenes things, and there's some people, they talk a good game like, oh, I don't want a church to be lavish. I think a church should, should, um, you know, shouldn't spend and overspend and all these sorts of things. And their hearts, hearts, right, like, hey, you should be wise stewards of your money. But they're like, oh, I don't, I don't think the church should spend money on lights and different things like that. I can't believe they would do things like that. But then you go to their house, and their garage is so full of stuff that their car can't even fit in there. And I'm not against having stuff in your garage. It's just, it's the difference between what we say. It's the difference between what we show and who we are and how we, we live. I, I'm not against having stuff. I'm not, I'm not, it's just the hypocrisy that he says you're blind, Pharisees. Sometimes we're blind to it. But there's grace because he doesn't just slam them here. Watch this. Watch the turn. You got to see this turn. He says it's on the inside. He said first he's given hope for the hypocrites. And this is what we need to do here. He says first wash the inside of the dish in the cup. Then the outside will become clean too. See, this is a heart issue. The things we say, the things we do, they come from our heart. And God reads your heart like you read a book. It is plain for him to see. And as soon as you are willing to drop the mask, he is full of unlimited grace. It's there and it's waiting to be received. The story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, he knows. He knows what's right. He knows what's good. But yet he says, give me mine. I'm out of here. And he loses it all. He squanders it all. And the dad knows. They, they had heard the rumors. They know. But as soon as the prodigal son took a step towards the father, the father came running to him with open arms. He still had the stench. He still had the mud, the dirt, the stink. All of the grossness was on him. And he said, we got to throw a party. This is my son. And for a lot of us, we're like the older brother. Why? No, don't you know what he did? Or we look at ourselves and we say, God, no, why would you show me such grace? I know what I did. Look at me. There should be no party happening here. And he says, no, no, no. I'm the prodigal one. I'm the lavish one. That's what prodigal means, lavish, wild. The, the father was wild and lavish in his grace that he gave to the son. There's a story that Jesus tells of a, of a, a tax collector and a Pharisee, and they go to the temple and they go to pray, and the, the Pharisee goes, oh, I am so glad I'm not a cheat. I am so glad I'm not like that tax collector, that sinner there. And Jesus says about the tax collector, the tax collector stood at a distance, that he couldn't even lift his eyes up. And he beat his chest before God. He said, God, have mercy on me, because I'm a sinner. God has Unlimited grace for a sinner in need of 
forgiveness. Jesus had zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but unlimited grace for the sinner in need of forgiveness. But there was a catch. There's a catch. You've got to drop the mask. You've got to drop the mask and receive the grace. My son, Charlie, I love him, but he's a little naughty. He likes to steal things. If, you don't, if it gets really quiet in the house, you know something bad's going on. He's probably taking something, maybe a marker, and he's like writing on the wall, or he's got some candy or some food that he's hidden somewhere or whatever. And inevitably, will be like, Charlie, where are you? And you find him. And he, he, you go and you see him, and he's, he's obviously got something, you know, and you can almost always see it in his hand. He's got like a candy bar or whatever. And you're like, Charlie, I, I see the candy. Can you give it up? I don't got no candy. You're like, dude, come on, man. And then to make it, he'll go, as if I can't see it. <laughs> blind, Pharisee, blind. Like, dude, what are you doing, man? Just, I know what you're doing. Just drop the mask. You're not going to get in trouble if you would just tell me the truth. If we were to just have a normal one-on-one conversation, because we're not going to hear it here. It's easy to wear a mask here. But if we were just to sit and have a conversation, I wonder if you could be real. Because I think the message I wanted to speak to some of you today is, hey, here's how we deal with the hypocrites in our lives. But we're prone, all of us have our areas of hypocrisy where we can fall prone to. And I think Jesus wants to speak to you today to say, hey, some of you, you're wearing a mask. you're, You're putting on a show. And I see it. Just like Charlie's trying to hide his candy, like I see it. You're not, you're not faking me. But I'm lovingly here today to tell you, drop the mask. I love you. I know. And for many of us, we're still hiding. I don't know why that is. You're, it's a heart issue. You're going to have to talk with God and you're going to have to talk to yourself. Why are you hiding these things with God? Why are you hiding your envy? Why are you hiding financial transactions? Why are you hiding and deleting internet history? Why are you hiding the amount of drinks that you consume on a weekly basis? Why are you running. He knows. And if you would just tell the truth, I'm telling you on the other side, there's grace. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to set you free. There's a beautiful scripture. It says where Jesus talking, he says, then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Some of you need to be set free today from your mask, to put it down, to stop running, to not be ashamed, and come to the Savior. And there's the good news. When you confess to Jesus, he's faithful to forgive you. He is willing to forgive you. The grace is there. You just got to receive it. You don't have to earn it. It's given freely to you. 
So I want to I want to challenge you today. What what are you hiding from? Proverbs 28 says, "People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy." What is hypocrisy? It's the gap between what we show and who we are. And for a lot of us, we will try to fill the gap with perfection. Oh, don't do this. This is behavior modification, right? Just stop doing this and we'll, we'll be better. And we try to earn it. No, you do not fill a spiritual gap with human works. You fill a gap with Jesus. Because there's a gap between us and our relationship with God called sin that you and I could never, ever do anything that would make us right with God, which is why Jesus came in the first place. For the hypocrites, for the critical people, for the sinners, to say, I love you, not to condemn you, but to have a relationship with you. You have a God-sized hole called sin. You need a God-sized solution called Jesus. And he paid the price on the cross. That human act, that act on the cross spiritually covered your sin, my sin, everyone in humanity's sin for all time. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, say, hey, I believe in that act on the cross to forgive my sins. I believe that Jesus is God, big G. And I believe that he didn't stay dead on the cross, but he rose from the grave, that he's alive now. He's in heaven and he wants a relationship with me. And you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's covered. We're good. I know you've sinned. You're going to continue to sin. You're going to, you're going to try to pick up the mask later today. It's okay. You put it down. You have a relationship with God now. And he's willing and he offers that for everyone. Jesus had zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but you need to know this, Freedom Church. Unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a, a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.